Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Cowboys Takeover. I'm your host, Jason Kent. Man, it feels good to be back. Right, right. Dude, it was it was so upsetting. I was so sad, Aaron, when I couldn't do that that post Super Bowl show with you. It's tough. It's tough. Not even like right after Cowboys. I was just all that stuff. I wanted to get on and talk. And I had so much. And over these last few weeks, we've heard all the Dak stuff. Um, we have a new DC hiring. Man, it's it's just great to be able to get back on live on air and just and just speak with everyone. Come back with you. It's been a while, sir. It's been oh, it's been over a month now, almost two, I guess, since since uh, I've done a show, been able to to grace my presence on the show with you, sir. How have you been? How's life? How are things? Wise counsel, it's good to have you back. And as you can imagine, <clears throat> being with being without you, running solo for a bit, and and you know, not also not. Uh, being able to talk through some of these things um, has been doesn't feel like it's you know been at home. It's a kind of even added to the element of the heartbreak. Like I don't oh, have God. my best bud to go through this <laughs> uh, together with, but it, it's good to have you back. And um, you know, here we are. You know, last episode of season one. So first and foremost, thank you for all you listeners for for joining in and the support and the engagement. We appreciate appreciate all that. But um, unfortunately, we're ending the season in a big sigh. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And so from here, you know, just kind of chewing, you know, free agencies coming up in a couple of weeks. And then we're going to be getting ready for the draft and kind of start from scratch to a certain degree. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, let's let's kick it off with the Super Bowl. Man. That was such a good game. You know, it, it kind of stunk because I wasn't in a neck brace, having to watch it. So you can't really do everything and cheer the way you want to, you know, right after neck surgery. But it kind of, my thoughts were, before it started, I have a lot of friends that are San Fran, a lot of friends that are San Fran fans. Um, and it was kind of my head says San Fran should win. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, that's how it played out most of that game um you know but in your head it's like in my head i just don't see patrick letting them lose and that's i told i both my buddies that are san fran fans i said the same thing like san fran's the better team wire to wire i felt like they were the best team they had that little glimpse uh that three game losing streak you know but they had a guy to me that should have been the mvp in christian mccaffrey uh, a guy that Kind of was the leader up until that uh, that bad stretch in, in Brock Brock Purdy. Um, you know he he was very good this season. Um, you know with that with that great defense, they had just so many Pro Bowlers, so many guys all over the place. Um, you know they they were the best team. I felt um, they should have won. You know they they really didn't take over when they needed to. They let San or they let Kansas City hang in that game too long. But that's just what it is, right? And and I will get in it more later because we'll talk about, um, you know, how important and pivotal a quarterback is. And when you look at, at this season, the guys, the two guys that were made it, you couldn't really have much polar opposites, right? One was a, I think a tenth overall pick, coming out wasn't super highly regarded, but he's still a first rounder, um, getting paid a lot of money. And the other one was Mister Irrelevant. Um, so you kind of look at it, but the difference is the guy that is getting paid a lot of money, arguably a top five quarterback already all time, and he can retire now, and he's only 27 or 28. Um, you know, but it played out exactly what I thought. 
really like and and people are like you're lying i'm like no like you ask people that i've talked to i legit said the whole time it's it's going to be it's going to be Kansas City because Patty's not going to let him lose um you know and i thought i thought San Fran did about as best they could i think there's some things that i you know if you look back they could have done differently um you know but the kid the quarterback and that offense put him in position to win um and that's the matchup you wanted to see at the end of the game to me i thought it had to end with Kansas City's offense against San Fran's defense. You know, both top units in the NFL. And Patrick just showed what he can do and, and what a great quarterback does for you um, in clutch situations. And and the dude's done it his whole career. And you got to give the hands off to that kid. Three Super Bowls, four appearances. His only loss is to the GOAT right now. But, you know, you give this kid another Super Bowl or two, to me, he's already the best. I, I don't think there's I've ever seen a quarterback do uh, what he's done. So to me, he's already the the most talented, the best quarterback I've ever watched play. Um, you know, and if he has a healthy career, he'll I think he blows away a lot of mostly all of 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 Brady's records. So it was a good game. That's how you want it to play out. That's how you want to find the season to end. Um, but it played out how exactly how I thought. What what about you? Did you see the kind of the same thing? Same thoughts? Well, you know, we I've watched a lot of San Francisco games because uh, they tend to get, you know, they've, they've gotten a lot of visibility, yes, in the NFL, NFL network overall, but we've been in a race with them all season long. And um, the first half, a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes. They, they shot themselves in the foot with a lot of offensive penalties, holding calls, McCaffrey, fumble on the opening drive. And a lot of that you know, killed momentum in their drives or killed their drives um, in total. And that's really what allowed for Kansas City to hang around. I mean, they dominated the defense of San Fran, dominated a majority of that game. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes came through when he needed to. Um, what stood out to me, Spagnola, uh, Steve Spagnola, man, he, yes. he has – my uh, highest regard as a as a defensive coach um just you know the, the not only the, the preparation but the timing of the calls on situational d the big third and four corner blitz oh, beautiful. Um, when beautiful. there's at the two minute warning and it for, forces uh purdy to kind of give it up uh and and throw a bad pass uh, you know, they're down by 10 points. And, and then I look on the flip side, Kyle Shanahan up by 10 points, uh, has Mahomes at fourth and not only that third and four play, has Mahomes on the fourth and one in OT, and they can't get it done. Um, so it makes me wonder he's been up 10 points in two Super Bowls, up 25, and the other Super Bowl when, when he was with the Falcons. Makes you, makes you yeah. really wonder, you know, if he if he's going to be able to get over the hump. Well, when you to me, when you look at it and you look at the coach on the other side, right? Wasn't he five straight NFC Championship games, lost four, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lost the Super Bowl? Um, so I think that was a lot of the narrative after that game was, um, you know, Shanahan's career so far is kind of playing out like Andy's did. Um in the beginning, just losing a lot of big games. Now it is tough. Um, yeah. It's very tough to lose Super Bowls 
especially the way he has. Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Then he goes out of. Well, I don't. Well, then his next move in staffing, he gets rid of their defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. And to me, that just that was a, that's a red flag. There's something around accountability that you have to look in the mirror and say, "What could I have done better?" I mean, he helped the Kansas City Chiefs to 16 points. You know, through a 98 percent of that. That kind of, that really rubbed me the wrong way. The things with Wilkes, I talk to a lot of the San Fran guys and the fans, um, friends that I have. They all said, like, they all weren't shocked. They they told me, based, you know, from what they've read, kind of paying attention to San Fran, that was a move they expected. Um, and when you kind of read a lot about it, there were talks, like, they were saying, like, they should have fired him after that three-game losing streak. Um, so, in the beginning, I felt the same way you did, that they really kind of Shanahan put the blame on, on Wilkes and their defense, which to me – you know, if you if you got top defense, you, they were on the field twice with the with the lead to end the game. You know, fourth quarter and overtime. So, yes, I, I agree, and I, I part of the blame has to go on Shanahan for losing those games. You know, but you know, it, to me, it wasn't an, it wasn't a thing where. You know, they they really played bad. Like coming out of the second half. They did run to or they passed too much. I think the first two drives where, especially the first drive where they threw three straight times, um, and then the second drive they went three and out. You know, maybe there's a little bit of an issue there. But when you got the lead, you know, Brock Brock did drive him down and put him up at the end of the game with, with two minutes left in the game for the Super Bowl. So it's tough to really say he's trying to scapegoat Wilkes when you had two opportunities to win your team a Super Bowl. And you really blew it. Like, and it does, you know, you see all these defensive coordinators from San Fran really getting um, head coaching opportunities, you know. But to me, a lot of it too, the, the, the games they've lost, the Super Bowls they lost, yeah, you were up 10 points. It's really tough to say head coach when you have a defensive coordinator and you really have an opportunity to win both of those games and, and your defense kind of comes up small at the end, especially with, you know, both of them, the first Super Bowl, not the Atlanta, but San Fran, they were up 10 points with like, Five minutes left. Yeah. You're up three points. You got the lead with two minutes left. That's bad defense and calling. I, I to me, I, I think it was a bad move. I, but from all the San Fran fans, they said they all expected him to, to go, and he, they didn't think he was the right fit for their defense this year. They think it's more, and I, I agree. It's it's the talent on that team. Um, they have a lot of talent on defense, but they mm-hmm. they think that the defensive coordinator didn't put them in the best position uh, to win games this year. <laughs> So, be that as it may, um, I, I found that to be a little bit surprising. And this, and so, that's my comment there. And with Patrick Mahomes, um, I know you, you've already elevated him, elevated him on top of uh, Mount Rushmore for the QBs. Yeah. Uh, for me, you know, Brady is still there and holds that spot convincingly uh, because of the longevity. He's done it with two teams. Um, and so I, I really got to see, you know, how Pat, Pat does, you know, over the next five, six years to really put him up there. I would be surprised if, you know, usually it's the latter part of quarterbacks careers where they're thriving. Um, but to see the success 
to to see him kind of uh, keep it where it is for the for the next half decade, um, I'd be thoroughly impressed. I think he can do it, but I think we should also keep in mind uh, Joe Burrow uh, wasn't in the playoffs this season, and um, I think you know for for what it's worth, I mean he he did take out Tua, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. Um, can't take anything away there, but he's really had his struggles against Joe Burrow. So that's one little nugget to to just throw out there when it comes to you know his greatness and and <laughs> where he stacks. Yeah, I, listen, the kid's good. You never, you know, it's it'll be it's, it'll be nice to watch him for the next few years. And um, I think the quarterbacks in this league right now. Um, there's a lot more playing at a higher level than level than ever before. And I think you can attribute it a lot to the way the game's played today. Um, but there's just so many good quarterbacks, but to me, yeah, Patty's just head and shoulders above everyone else. So before we, close. we transition to back to the Cowboys, um, I can, I can feel a lot of the comments and, and tweets around, you know, questions as to why a social media picture surfaced with uh, Jason Kent wearing a 49ers jersey. <laughs> so if you could just address that. Oh, I have San Fran friends. And it was busting, you know, I had to bust some balls years ago and we got it on camera. And one of those things, you know, you never really think are going to pop out there. But it's always funny to, you know, because everybody, you know, social media, everybody likes to. So I just put it out there for the people, <laughs> you know, like to hear okay. the comments to get the hate. But, yeah, it was one of those things. There was a bet years ago. I don't think Dallas was good at this point. I think Dallas was still kind of before Romo. Um, mm, okay. So my buddy's a San Fran fan, yeah. So if you notice, it's a little bit bigger of a jersey than, and I think I had a hat <laughs> on at one point too. It was a little bit too big for me. So it was yeah. one of those things, yeah. <laughs> okay, and that was before filters were really popular then, I guess. Um, so all right, just appreciate you clearing the air right there for for some of our fans that might be a little bit sour. So. Big news um, since our last playoff game, uh, Dan, Dan Quinn has uh, moved on and we have officially welcomed Mike Zimmer, which that kind of got some drama towards the, the 11th hour, but uh, he's here. We got a new DC coach. I've shared my thoughts on DQ's departure. Uh, where are you at with all this? Um, I don't know. Listen, I, you kind of knew DQ was gone. Like, I feel like we all felt DQ was a guy that wasn't, you know, he was up last year for head coaching, so he kind of knew he was out. I don't know how I felt about the Zimmer hire, though. I, I don't think I liked it. I, I To me, there's other guys out there uh, that I would have preferred over Zimmer um, because especially now where you see Vrabel didn't get a head coaching job, to me, I would have definitely offered Vrabel that opportunity because he's a no-nonsense, hard-nosed type of dude. Um, now with him and McCarthy's egos, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know all that. Um, but Vrabel's definitely like a, a doer. He's a rough-nosed dude, player, just great, and he did really good things with Tennessee. Um, and the guy I really wanted was Rex. I thought Rex could really get a little bit more out of there. He knows defense. Um, is, is he as great as people make him out to be? On like, I don't know if he's that great, but I, I would have liked him over Zimmer. Um, Zimmer hasn't really – he's been out of major football since 2021 where he was the head coach of Minnesota, 
you know, he did some things with Cincinnati. He is a prior defensive coordinator with Dallas. So there are ties there, and that could be part of the reason they brought him back. You know, he was here for, what, 12, 13 years before he moved on. So he's a guy that has a lot of experience. But to me, too, with this defense, I don't really think it matters who you bring in until you really address the holes either. Um, you got to address the defensive tackle holes. You got to address the middle linebacker holes. So we could have brought in, you know, anybody you, we, you could put the, you know, whoever's coaching the 01 Ravens, all these defenses. It's not going to matter because I think some of the holes on that defense are a little glaring uh, at the moment that they really need to address. Um, but he's not the guy I would have went after. He wouldn't be my first choice. Even as you, like you just mentioned, at the end, there was kind of some hoopla around his contract not really getting done. And then Rex coming, kind of the talk with Rex maybe coming in the last moment. <laughs> so I right. think to me that really tells me what, how they felt like, I don't know if Zimmer was really their first choice, but I don't know how, how close it was to Rex either. Cause to me, the way it sounded like if Rex wanted the job, it was his, it's really with the way they made it seem. Um, but I, I didn't like Zimmer as my guy. Well, I'm not sure if you saw the clip. Uh, Rex basically said he was the one that called McCarthy, reached out to McCarthy and expressed interest. So I and, and he elaborated further that he you know, he wanted to be back on the or have, have an opportunity to be on the, the Super Bowl stage, and he felt like in the at the right scenario he would step in, um, and it all had to make sense. And uh, and it it didn't work out. So I think it was more of a, based on how that all you know panned out. I think it was more of uh, Cowboys ownership saying deciding to go with comfort or you know Zimmer's also been out a couple of years, and I think some uh, he 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 likely went over in his interview like this is what I've been doing, this is what I've been studying, and there's been some commentary as well that he's had success against the Shanahan. Uh, system so you know for for what that's worth yeah um, but ultimately having a player's coach on the offensive side and the defensive side with dq and mccarthy just didn't work out um the the last two seasons so i think now that we have more of an enforcer type coach similar to a of rabel type physical culture uh no bs culture uh I think that's going to bode well overall uh, for our defense. Um, I do agree. We still have some, some holes to fill, um, but now we're looking at, you know, three really good corners uh, coming back. If we can secure Gilly uh, coming back and it appears he's, he's very open to coming back. Um, so I, I think love that, I think there's, there's a lot to look forward to. <clears throat> and given that, our expectations for this season this past season was right nfc championship or bust we got the double bust and um i just i'm not even ready to set any type of expectations for this team and i don't know if i'll even be there after free agency is done and the draft is done oh i see to me expectations next year is still super our, our, our championship game okay to me I, I don't think they change um the only way they change is if if dak isn't there um, which is weird because I know we're going to be talking about that in a little bit. Um, but to me, if, if that team comes back, even if you lose Gilmore, um, if this team comes back, I, I, I guess I want to see who who they all lose because I know we did discuss and 
our last episode, some of the free agents they have coming up, and we're going to discuss a little bit uh, in, in a moment. Um, but I think as long as those big dudes come back, as long as you get most of your guys back, to me it's still got to be because you're still one of the best. What three straight seasons of twelve and five now? So mm-hmm. you know you have the talent. Um, I just I think they, they the holes they have are too glaring. Um, and I think really going into it, I guess dive into it now. We have a lot of contracts that are going to need to come up, and the ones you mentioned to me as we we're going over this are. You know, Micah, you have Dak who wants to get restructured uh, and wants a bigger contract, and CeeDee Lamb. Um, so starting with the quarterback, I, I think that's tough because the, the talk now you're hearing $50, 60000000 million for Dak. Um, no. <laughs> no. I just can't do it. Um, when you look at, you know, you look at a guy, Brock Purdy, makes the, the NFC Championship or makes the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game back-to-back years. Yes, they have the talented team, you know, but you see that. Um, you see a guy, you know, yes, you're seeing Patrick Mahomes getting paid. People make that argument. But Patrick has three Super Bowl rings, four Super Bowl appearances. He deserves it. You see, you know, see some of these guys that are winning, you know, and you say Dak has more talent than Stafford. Dak has more talent than Pierre, uh, Brock Purdy. Dak has more talent than Goff. Yet all of these players have made it farther than him. Um, and he wants a contract that's greater than these guys. I just it's too tough for me to really um to really give to him. Um I just uh, to me it's it's tough because you you walk that line of if we don't sign him, we could move into mediocrity. That's the issue. Um because Brock Purdy's don't grow on trees. You don't get eleven you know, the last overall pick. You don't get Tom Brady, you know, not all you know, not all of them are Tom Brady's or Brock Purdy's. You know, Purdy's not Brady, but he went to a Super Bowl, has been in the two NFC Championship games in two years. Um, but it, it's just tough to justify a guy who has, what, one, two playoff wins, giving him the most money out of all quarterbacks. It's just I, I can't I can't give him that big of a contract. Um, and I hope I hope Jerry and them see because I think the dude, like I get he finished second in MVP this year to me. Only reason is because it's a quarterback award. He was not more valuable than Christian McCaffrey. To me, Tyreek Hill should have gotten it over him. Um, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see where you can justify paying a guy with one or two playoff wins, no matter what his stats are. He's not a guy that elevates you. Like we just said earlier about the Super Bowl. You know, San Fran was the better team. Patrick wouldn't let them lose. Dak, I don't think can ever be that quarterback. So I can't justify giving him the kind of money he's looking for now. Um, even with the salary cap going up $30 million, um, I can't justify breaking him off that bad, that much money um, when there's other guys that we're going to need to pay. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with a lot of what you said. And if I'm the Jones, if I'm part of the negotiation at the table, I'm like, hey, we, we need we're going to have to call Dax agent. We're going to have to say, um, you know, we, we need a team-friendly deal to make this work. Yeah. Uh, bottom line. And because uh, the truth is, being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, the endorsements are there for your the rest of your life, basically. Oh, and yeah. And so you have to understand that value. Um, 
Well, so, the last two successful quarterback, one does Monday Night Football, one's the top <laughs> CBS broadcaster just did, you know, the Super Bowl. So 100% with what you just say there, if you take less – like I'm not saying you're going to be an all-time broadcaster at this point. Yeah. You know, but the opportunities for you to make that additional money for the rest of your life if yeah. you are successful with the Cowboys – because Romo wasn't – I wouldn't say he – I think he had a great career, but I wouldn't say he was successful. He had one playoff win as well. So I 1,000% yeah. agree with that point. That's a great point. That's a yeah. great point. So that that is on your side. And if it if, if it goes the other way and we decide to move on from him, you know, that could even hinder uh, potential future uh, opportunities, whether it be in broadcasting. But don't even forget, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Jason Witten, Michael Irvin, uh, guys that are are still in the in the media and influence influencers to a, a great degree. So something to think about there. Um, so yeah, Dak, you know we we have to prioritize a, a team friendly deal. And even with that said, I think uh, you know if you look at the top seven quarterbacks or ten quarterbacks, well, it's working against us as these guys. You know, even Danny Dimes is at forty five million. So the number's probably going to be a what I would consider a team-friendly deal is probably between forty-seven to fifty-two. That's the problem. That's the problem. Is that <laughs> yeah. yeah? Your team-friendly deal now is isn't you know a twenty-five million dollar contract. Yeah. So that's that's part of the problem, and they keep moving the um, the the team cap up, and you know we don't have to get into that today, but it went up quite a bit, and I believe it, the headline was it's the largest jump. Uh, that yeah. that's taken place year over year, and so you know that also says something about us, you know, fans. Like, how much is it going to cost us to go and and be part of these games in the atmosphere, and 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 how it kind of trickles down to gear and merchandise. But uh, you know, we can uh, jump on that soapbox later. So uh, at the at the end of the day, <clears throat> I do think what ends up happening is that we keep we keep Dak. It's probably going to be a, a five-year deal, four- or five-year deal. Um, At what so cost? We'll, what do you think the cost will be? The cost will probably average out to, like, it'll probably end up, even though I, I wouldn't prefer this, probably close to 57, 57, 58 uh, average per year. And then um, CD Lamb is, is likely going to get done. Um, so here's here's what I want to discuss because if you're paying Dak 57, right, the two big guys we have left, you have Micah and you have CD. Throwing some just throwing some numbers out there. When you look at what they're going to get paid, I think to Mike Evans coming up this year is a problem um, because the rumor has it that Mike Evans is looking for you know more AAV than than Tyreek Hill, which is 30 million. Um, so Tyreek's already at 30. So if Mike Evans, and I don't I think Mike Evans, I would put him higher than CeeDee Lamb just because he has 10 years, thousand yards every year. Like he's to me, the dude's going to end up Mount Rushmore, I feel. Like he's one of the most underrated players ever. Um, so I think he deserves it. When you look at that, man, Tyreek's making 30. Mike Evans could potentially get 30. Devontae Adams is going to get 28. Cooper Cup's getting 26. AJ Brown's getting 25. That you're gonna CD Lamb. So if you're paying Dak 57, CD Lamb's gonna get it minimum over, I'm thinking 
it's going to be tough not to justify giving him what Tyreek makes a year, especially if CD if, if if Evans goes above and beyond what Tyreek is making. I feel like CD Lamb, especially if they wait till after this season and he puts up another season like he had here. 130, 120 catches, 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's going to be getting 30 to 35 a year. And then, so those are just, the, those are the receiver contracts. And then when you look at the edge rushers, you know, your top guys, Nick Bosa now is around 34 a year. You know, then it's a drop off. You have TJ Watt at 28, Joey Bosa at 27, Miles Garrett at 25. You figure Mike is going to get more than Nick. So yeah, he's going and to, Chris that, Jones is about to get paid. Yeah, but he's not. He's more of a DT, not really the edge rusher. So I don't think he's going to get what those guys get. They move him around. Yeah, but he's not a fourteen. Mike is what fourteen sacks a year at this point. Every year since he, you know, has increased that number a little bit more of a game changer. Um, your mostly edge rushers are are usually going to get paid a little bit more, but that's over a hundred, hundred million for three guys really. When you're, if you really look at the numbers, it's it's you can't. To me, there's no way, unless all three of them take team friendly deals, that you're keeping all three of these guys. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we've had this debate or exchange messages around this. I I am very weary of signing my Micah long term, and in a lot of ways, I'd rather have two All Pros, um, whether it be linebacker or DT or dt you know safety something along the, that type of combination than what mike is going to give you just i because i try to think of edge rushers that that continue to perform at their high at the high level at the highest level after they've gotten paid um i mean you look at what happened with khalil mack and i think also bosa's uh numbers have dropped a little bit um, or his impact certainly has dropped a little bit since he got paid. Um, you know, TJ Watts had, I think, well, some health issues. Uh, Miles Garrett, he, he had a pretty good year. I got to give him that. Yeah. You know, one of those dudes was defensive player of the year. TJ Watts should have been defensive player of the year. So there's two guys that would, the one thing I'm worried about is that. I agree. The the pass rush, can he keep up 14, 15 sacks for the next six, seven years is the question. I agree with you. I, I'll agree with that point. Not, I don't I don't know if he's the one I would odd man out, um, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. It's tough to and, keep up that production. And just because he qualifies for a um, for an extension doesn't mean we have to give it to him, right? We, he can go into his fourth year. I don't see Micah as the kind of guy that would that would sit out. And if he does, you know, maybe we end up paying him. But it, it would just uh, give you more room to bring in, you know, a veteran and and pay a veteran for that that one year. <clears throat> and I I don't even know if we I would have any confidence in bringing in someone like a Mike Evans because if you can't even get Brandon Cooks a thousand yards, you probably can't do it for Mike. You can Evans. get Mike Evans a thousand. Mike mm. Evans has never not had a thousand yards. Same he, for Cooks. Yeah, no. Mike Evans is a totally different. Mike Evans, it's he's one of the most under. I, to me, he's probably a top five, top ten receiver all time. 
to me, that's how good I think Mike Evans is. He doesn't get the respect. He's done it. Would you look at the quarterbacks he's done it with? He's done it with a plethora of different quarterbacks. Like he's done it with some no-name quarterbacks and guys that people don't think. Um, to me, I just it's tough because I think it really revolves around how you feel about Dak is of out of these three who gets paid. To me, I think you're a little bit right with with Parsons. The only problem is Parsons and Mike are both coming up. Uh, Mike is Parsons. Parsons and yep. CD are both coming up. Dak is coming up. You have to choose. It's. I think this year, um, I said it last year, that I thought last year was going to be the telltale, telltale sign for Dak. Um, you did. I, I just don't believe that if he doesn't get something done this year, and if he's coming in, listen, know what they play. How many games at home this year? They won 16 straight games, blowing teams out. And he crapped the bed big time uh, in that loss against Green Bay. So it, it's tough for me to really justify giving him that kind of deal when I don't believe he can take me to a Super Bowl. He couldn't beat Jordan Love. Okay. He's not, he hasn't beaten San Fran yet. He can't beat these teams, the, the higher upper echelon teams. You know, I get he beat the Eagles this year, but he was also not, you know, we saw the Eagles really collapse at the end. He just isn't – I don't think he's that guy. Um, and it's sad because I want to be a believer, but the problem is last year I became a believer, and he uh, he ruined my dreams. So, to me, until Dak proves he could be the guy, he has to be that odd man out just because it creates much more salary cap. I was talking with a buddy, and I, I think this is going to be a way – unless you get a Patrick Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers – I think it's going to be going the way of a lot of these teams are going to just continue to go get later quarterbacks and not have to pay them um, and let them go. It's tough because nobody wants to be nobody wants to be a mediocrity because even if you're just average, you're never you won't really get better. To get the great quarterbacks, you got to get lucky or draft high. Um, so I think it's the risk you have to be willing to take, and I'm okay with that. I think Dallas is talented enough. I'm not saying any quarterback can go in and win. But I'd be okay getting a, a, a little bit lesser of a quarterback and hoping they get hot and trying to build up a little bit more in some more in some key areas on defense that I think would help improve us. And I think the only way to do that is not to sign Dak. Would I be okay if we moved on from Dak and give gave Trey Lance his shot? Yeah, I would. I would be okay with that. Um, I think if you if could you sign Chris at- Jones, because Chris Jones, like I'm not saying we can. I'm just saying, if Chris Jones is up, that he's up for contract this year. If you get Chris Jones a defensive tackle, you saw him make some big plays in that Super Bowl. He's got three Super Bowl rings. You could put Chris Jones a D tackle, and get, I don't even—I'm not even saying Trey Lance, but you get, you know, uh, if you a get, Derek Carr, a Jameis Winston. Do I trust them to take me all the way? No, but I think with this team, if they're good enough, you put a little bit. You get a Chris Jones on that defense, solid middle I, linebacker. I think this offense is good enough to work with a Jameis Winston or a Derek Carr or with David. I forget it's Derek, right? Is the Derek, yeah. today? Um, no, 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 no. I, I would rather – I'd much rather have Geno Smith than than either of those guys you just mentioned. Yeah, but I think Geno goes back to Seattle. But my point is I'd be okay with any of those. Like a Geno, I'd be okay bringing in. You know, I would have yep. brought in a Baker but, last year. Geez. Those are the type of quarterbacks I think – are they going to be game changers? No. But I think they could be good enough in the system 
that if you have all the talent around them, they can do what Dak did and pretend and be much a much less quarterback. You know, I don't think Dak what Dak has shown me is not all that special. I just watched, you know, Baker Mayfield do pretty much the same thing with a lesser roster. So it's yeah. it's just tough. Dak's accuracy definitely took a big step, if not two or even three steps back. His deep ball accuracy, mid-game accuracy, not really that good this season. But, um, yeah, I mean, can you imagine a D-line of Parsons, Chris Jones, D-Law? That would be phenomenal. That would be, that'd be like who you block it. Because Chris Jones yeah. is a very good, he can get to the quarterback. Yeah. So, but if you if you look at Purdy's success and a lot of Jalen Hurts' success, they have just off the offensive line. Well, Hurts you know, to pay, me, Hurts it's a quarterback, like quarterback receiver. You gave Hurts AJ AJ Brown, he took off. So to me, I don't get rid of CD Lamb because that's where I'm okay getting rid of Dak because you have a player like CD Lamb who I think can make a quarterback better. You get him the ball. You throw him the ball 15 times a game. He's going to get you 10 catches, 110 yards. He does That's get what he'll do for you. His separation. Um, he's gotten better, and I think he will continue to get better and be like a right there with Devontae Adams um, when you when we look back on his career. So yeah, I mean a lot of uh, you know this is not the end of this conversation. Uh, more to come. We're gonna see. You know, very soon, probably the next, uh, hopefully, 45 days or so, one of these gets done and it'll be a, a domino effect. Um, we'll see what, what the Jones are thinking. Uh, but history shows they're they're loyal to their players and their coaches. Um, so, you know, not expecting any big surprises, but, you know, hopeful that with, with change coming in, um, you know, we'll – we'll see how things come out how things turn out i'll be supportive if dak remains um and i'll also be su- supportive if we part ways um because I've, I've kind of i agree with that that's just that's just kind of where i am so to as we wrap up today's show um actually two things so uh derrick henry uh seems to be the the, the prime running back uh free agent uh, this offseason, I think it's unlikely we we keep Pollard around, pro- likely due to contract reasons and and uh, how much money he's probably going to want um, or type of deal, whether it be you know two year or three year. But uh, Derek Henry Henry is hitting the market. He wants to go to a, com- a competing team. Uh, should Cowboys go all out to, to bring him in? Um. Depend, again, it's one of those things. Depends on the contract. I saw too. I think because there's a lot of there's a lot of running backs. I think that are out there. The one that I saw too, and I didn't mind Josh Jacobs. Okay. So I think to me, it really depends on what you're paying them. If you're getting yeah. like, I don't want to give any of these guys a big long term deal. Henry, I'm not sure where he's at. Um, he had a little bit of a down year this year. Um, Josh Jacobs, he was injured a little bit this year. Coming off a major uh, workload the year before, you know, but he's only 26. He'll be 27 when the season starts next year. Saquon's still very young as well. Um, he has a little bit of a injury history there with him as well. Um, I'm just worried about all of the mileage on Henry, you know, because outside of yeah. this year, I think he was still up there in carries this year. But when you look at his career of carries, 
Like it is ridiculous. Like in the beginning, he kind of wasn't what we saw. But when you look, you know, last this year, 280, which in today it led the league. And in today's NFL, that's that's a lot of a lot of carries. But you look at the years before that, 349. Year before that, 219 in eight games, 378, 303. You know, he's he'll be 30 when the season starts. He is 30. Um and 30 is that usually that number for running backs. So it's just yeah. tough to say, you know, unless you're going to bring him in on a one-year deal. Um, to me, if anything, more than a one-year deal. I'm okay even going over on some salary um, for a one-year deal, going a little bit higher than you typically would. Um, but anything more than that, I'd be out. I'd look at Saquon. Yeah. Or, like, I would really love Josh Jacobs. Like, I know it's going to be tough to bring in a big-time running back. You know, but I'd be okay with one of those dudes. I mean, uh, Dolphins have three running backs. Um, yeah, they're all always hurt. That's tough. Part. That's, you yeah, want- yeah, true, true. Um, so with with Derrick Henry, you I mean if you bring him in, you're really just holding on to him for December and January. Um, so I would say, you know, talk to him like, hey, this is where we're at. This is our number. Maybe it's somewhere between nine to twelve. He's probably looking for twelve to fifteen. I think um, fifteen. Yeah, it's going to take. Yeah, for for the one year. And, but would you give him fifteen for one year? Depending on how the the big three names that we discussed shake out, and if it's there, yeah, yeah, because he, he nobody wants to tackle him. No, he changes the Dude. dynamic of this offense. Hundred percent. He does. He does. And um, you got the big run blocker. Um, uh, so for for those reasons, uh, I would I wouldn't mind bringing him in. <clears throat> but to your point, you know he's he's almost thirty, and I'm kind of thinking how much of a drop off is it if we we're just looking for a goal line guy to bring Zeke back? No, no, too big of a drop. No, yeah, to me, if I, if I'm going and getting a running back, um, I. You know, I get it. If, if, you know, if you're going to bring Zeke back, I just don't know what Zeke gives me. I think there's other guys out there. If I'm not going Henry on a one-year, if I'm not going to chase Jacobs or Saquon, I'm okay running with, you know, maybe drafting a guy, um, trying to see maybe some of the lesser backs out there. I just don't think Zeke has – he didn't really have much left in New England. Um, I'd much rather have like a, a faster, a little bit more – a younger back that's kind of a bruiser, not so much bring back Zeke. Okay. Well, you know who surprised me, pleasantly surprised me last year and who was available is Kareem Hunt. Every time I saw him, Uh, every time I saw him with the ball, he still had that burst, which was, which which blew me away. Now before the, so the other element I had, it was, it wasn't on our agenda. Eagles do bring in Kellen Moore uh, to, to take over OC calling. I love that move for them. Like, I hate it because it's the Eagles, but I love that. Like, that's a great – I like Kellen Moore. I like Kellen Moore too, but I think he underperformed to a big degree in San Diego or in, with the Chargers. How much of that – at this point, how much of it is the Chargers maybe aren't as talented as people are making them out to be? Eckler was hurt uh, some. Yeah. Keenan Allen always – like, I don't know what you – know, Keenan Allen's still a good player. Herbert, people seem to knock on Herbert – I don't know if it's so much Kellen Moore underperformed as much as it is that I don't just I just don't think San Diego has the talent um, level that everybody thinks they have because they've sp- supposedly been a playoff team for the last five years. 
So I'm not going to put right. that failure on, on Kellen. Well, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I think Justin Herbert is right there with Jalen Hurts. Um, I actually like Hurts a little bit more. I think they're I think they're neck and neck. Um, I think Herbert is, Herbert's a better pocket pa- passer. Oh, yeah. um, so when you look at the pros and cons of their game, they're they're neck and neck to me. And so and then if you look at the game we played against the Chargers, uh, Keenan Allen was open all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was open every play, and in a couple of cases uh, Justin missed them. Oh, so yeah. that 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 game probably comes out differently. And yeah, Eckler, you know, he was on my my fantasy team, my first overall pick, which, you know, we'll have a fantasy episode coming up to talk about our our season and the and the bus and the surprises um, based off of our pregame going into last year. So looking forward to that. But um, I feel like Calamore took a, a step back and it was really I don't know if it was the mentoring of McCarthy or or what have or you know, just Pollard's dominance with with what you know because I guess if you think about it, a lot of the explosive plays Pollard contributed um, in that offense uh, the year prior. So uh, I think to me it just depends on if he brings in the the run option um, feature back with Jalen Hurts and how he he uses uh, Jalen's legs. I think it's going to be interesting at what what his strategy is um, in that realm. Uh, but I to, I overall agree with you. I don't like it. Um, but as a Cowboys fan, I hate it. Yeah, as a Cowboys fan, I hate it. You kind of feel uh, like one of your your best friends just switch teams on you, um, or good friends. So that that's the kind of you know feeling I get uh, with the move. But you know, we'll we'll see how things go. I mean, we'll see what you know. Sirianni's job is on the line in in a lot of ways. Um, he's essentially kind of become like the cheerleader, right? He bringing in a new DC, a new OC. Um, I, I don't see how this this turns into a winning situation for him because if they have a great year, those coaches are likely going to get head coaching jobs, um, and if they have a poor year, it, then it's every, the house is likely going to get cleaned. So. You know, we'll we'll see how you know more to come on our next rivalry roundup show, uh, but that's how we're going to end it, uh, Cowboys Nation, with our season one of Cowboys Takeover. Jason and I, you know, just want to thank everybody so much for all your support. Uh, continue to share with friends, uh, engage with us on Facebook, X, um, in- Instagram, uh, YouTube, and we will definitely be. Uh, very active, or at least um, I'll be running the the TikTok uh, platform uh, in the off season. So, planning some some unique things with that platform uh, this off season. But uh, for our next episode, we plan to come in um, within that 24 hour span of free agency opening up, and depending on how our our schedules look. I agree. That sounds. When when does it open up officially? Do we know that yet? I believe it's the 13th of March. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely coming right around there with some big stuff. Yeah, and obviously if any big news breaks, uh, Jason and I will will be hopping on to give our thoughts and reaction. Um, But, uh, you know, starting again from scratch, uh, looking to build a a new different foundation going into season 24, 25. 
and um you know as we kind of start to go through this you know wrap up on this grieving process um uh, of what took place this year we appreciate all the support give us a, a like give us a follow till next time i'm aaron james that's wise counsel jason kent we'll see you guys soon have a good week god bless <laughs>